Hello there. Darlings, welcome to the Clockwork Cabaret. I tried to get the old biddies not to drift into boring topics like classic literature, but they are relentless and a lot stronger than they look. And now, on with the show. <laughs> Clockwork Cabaret! Hooray! I am Emmett Davenport. And I am Lady Attercoff. And I am milkshake drunk. No, I'm just not. I'm not. <laughs> I mean, I'm I, I bourbon tr- drunk, so... I was not problem with that. No, I I did drink a milkshake earlier, but, but uh, I'm not milkshake drunk. You just lactose intolerant. I am lactose intolerant. That's all it that is. Poor my, plan. Must it was a bad plan. Um, yeah. No. Now I'm actually drinking a a dirty martini because I was trying to be classy. Ha. And it's I, and don't worry, it's like a couple. It's several hours from the milkshake because that, also is that was a mistake. I don't. I don't. I don't think of a dirty martini as a classy martini. Oh, it's. We're gonna dry the moose shaken milk stud. Oh, I also don't. you shouldn't shake a martini. You're gonna bruise the gin. I don't shake it. I stir it. Yeah. No, no, and also so the 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 dirty martini I have made is two and a half shots of gin. Oh. One shot of extra dry vermouth. Oh. Half a shot of uh of olive juice and then three olives and oh, i chilled i like i chilled the glass and then i poured in my poured in my uh, martini it was it, it seemed fancy it seemed fancy to me i am drinking a uh, lady Attercop special bourbon and seltzer I, oh, I was hoping that would clink but it did not bourbon and seltzer uh, it's two shots of bourbon, a couple of dashes of bitters, topped with uh, seltzer. I thought so, bourbon and yeah. seltzer. <laughs> I'm an old man. I also had uh, a cat on my lap that was biting me. Oh. So I'm not sure if that made it into the audio, but... I, I didn't hear it. But... <laughs> uh, it's a little spicy. So it's, it's already right. been a weird week, I feel like. It's been a weird year. It has. I mean, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be bad that. We normally <laughs> we have topics. We are timely. We have a a plan for discussion. But this week we do not. No, I I normally I normally I have the playlist already figured out and a theme. And uh, yeah, we have we have some direction. Uh, yeah, and this week I just kind of went, "Hey, you want to record tonight?" <laughs> yes. And and she said yes, and then here we are. And I have no idea. I don't know. Uh, I've Ooh. been watching. I've been binge watching nerdy television. I've uh, been binge watching cartoons and reading Beowulf. Ooh, look at you being all classic literature. <laughs> Which, uh, which interpretation of Beowulf okay. are you reading? Okay, so it's the newest one. Oh, um, yes, I've heard. Let me get the author's name up in front of me, because I don't want him, uh, to, to miss. Is it Hetty? Mary? Nope. Mary? Oh, no. Um, I, I almost, what we'll do is when we go to commercial break, I'll break, I'll go and grab my copy, and ah. then we can talk about it at length. Okay. Uh, but... So when I was uh, a young nerd, a junior nerd, a baby nerd, if you will, I took a, a literature class, an English lit class in high school. And <laughs> Mrs. Moore, hi, Mrs. Moore, you don't listen to this, but I don't care. Uh, <laughs> it would be weird if my 12th grade English class, English 
too jealous for this show. She did, and she didn't know it was you until right she now. She didn't know it was me. Oh, she fucking. No. She would recognize my foul mouth if nothing else. Uh, th- to be fair, this was the English teacher that we had to we had to re- uh, submit a book report of a book, an independent learning book of our choosing, and I chose uh, Dracula, and I chose the homoerotic themes of Dracula, and oh. she was on board. <laughs> Excellent. I always like those teachers. Yes. For those my are my final favorites. project in we had to present a final project in uh in class. Uh we had to interpret any work that we had learned out throughout the class and I turned in an illustrated comic of Beowulf and of the Percival, Sir Percival discovering the Holy Grail, which was a Dunkin' Donuts cup. And I got an A. Oh, nice. Nice. So this is this is a like what I what I what I'm trying to say is this is a teacher who understands <laughs> who understood I was a giant nerd, uh, and just sought to um, kind of uh, incorporate that into my my current beliefs. But when we were reading, Beowulf was her favorite, one of her favorite books because it was the oldish mm-hmm. oldest English novel. Yes, the oldest surviving print copy yes. of the English novel. She had, a, she actually had a photograph of the ori- the oldest surviving manuscript of Beowulf in the classroom. She had it pinned to her board. And when um, we were learning Beowulf, we all had to bring in our own quote unquote goblets, which could be just any vessel that would hold liquid. And she would give us all apple juice, and we would scream. And slam the the uh, the goblets onto the desk before she would dole out the apple juice, and then we would learn Beowulf for the day. <laughs> that so reminds. We have a soft spot for Beowulf. Yes. Oh no, I can totally, I can totally relate. I had a, I had a, uh, I guess it would, she would have been sophomore social studies Western Civ teacher that uh, Mrs. Fogg that very much reminds me of that she had the entire uh greek gods uh family tree up on her wall and then she had uh medieval uh weaponry hanging from her ceiling that she had to take down and put back up at the beginning and end of the of the school year because it wasn't allowed to be left there because fire code Oh man, that's awesome! Yeah, (laughs) there were like big, and a couple of these things were uh, things that other students had turned in for their final projects at different times and stuff. So yeah, and also she, we were allowed to make weaponry and bring it into class for Beowulf, but but it had to be you know clearly Mm -hmm. non-lethal. Yeah, these were all these were all like homemade. Somebody had made. Weapon, medieval weaponry from things they had around their house kind of thing so they were dangerous they were very dangerous looking like here's a mace made with nails <laughs> like <laughs> yeah we we were it, we were not allowed to bring anything in that looked like it could cause actual Look, harm so yeah. no actual nails but we were allowed to bring in as many foam swords as we yeah <laughs> so desired Oh yeah, no. Mrs. Fogg also had the, uh, the whole entire chart of of the sta- steps of mummification up on her <laughs> wall. Yeah, no, I loved her. I loved that class. I was uh, a huge nerd for Western yeah. Civ, and I was not allowed to uh, take the pre-test. Like she basically did like a Jeopardy game to get people ready for the pop quiz that would happen on Fridays for the like whatever se- section of the of the bo- of the book we were reading and I I had to be the scorekeeper because I won way too many rounds because also <laughs> I was always the one going ooh 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 I know I know and finally she was like um you're just going to have to you're going to be the scorekeeper from now on because you need to give everyone else a chance. And I was like, but no one is answering. A good English teacher is, is a boon. It's a boon to the soul. Yeah, this was a social studies teacher, but but uh, yes, good English teachers are also very good. Yeah. Yeah. 
yes, Miss, uh, we, yeah, we, this Beowulf was not the only weird thing we do. We also um, had, because Canterbury Tales. Oh, yes. Was I'm... a a contest for telling a story. Yeah. And the prize for the story was that you won food at the end of the, you know, at the end of the journey, hmm. uh, at the end of the pilgrimage. Yeah. When we learned Canterbury Tales, she held a contest across all of her classes that you had to present a Canterbury Tale and whoever presented it the best won for their class. And the prize was that you got to come in during lunch and eat an Italian. She she uh, got a bunch of Italian food from the local Italian eatery. Oh. So it was like, <laughs> yeah, so they were like, you know, built into the built into what you were learning is like oh canterbury tales is a contest you have to tell a good story in order to get a meal so everyone present to me uh your version of canterbury tales and uh my partner and i we had a puppet show we had some songs this is not surprising to anybody who listens to the show that at in 12th grade i was all like i'm gonna present puppets and a song and maybe a dance routine yeah, yeah, that's not surprising to me. Not surprising in the slightest. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Oh no! In my, I believe it was my junior year of high school. I took a nineteen sixties history slash English class called "Like a Rolling Stone," oh. and it was and it was essentially uh, the uh, the teacher, Mister Hammond, who taught it, uh, like. All pretty much every book in it I had read already because growing up with hippies, <laughs> you had lived that class. Yes, yeah, so so I had taken it thinking, oh, I'll learn some new things. But it was like I had I we read the letters from Vietnam, which I read because my mom had that had it in the house, and and we read a bunch of other nineteen sixties literature and things like that, and travels for char Tra- travels with charlie by steinbeck and a bunch of other things like we talked about the civil rights movement and the psychedelic progressive music movement and all of these different things in it and uh i think at one point uh mr hammond was like can i can i bet i could just leave and you could teach this class <laughs> i was like oh no i don't want to is that a compliment or <laughs> like, a, a, i a don't dig? i don't know <laughs> no he was cool <laughs> they, i hung out with the te- because i was a homeschooled weirdo i hung out with the teachers more than i hung out with kids my own age because i did right. not like them do, do you want to hear the level of nerditude we got up to in my 12th grade class speaking of steinbeck this oh. actually leads back to steinbeck uh-oh um so when we did the King Arthur chapter, when Ooh, we yeah. got to King Arthur after we read Beowulf, uh, we actually read the acts of King Arthur and his noble knights by John Steinbeck. Oh, yeah. Did you? I, uh, but some of our leaders did, listeners didn't know that John Steinbeck wrote King Arthur. He did. I, I, I was obsessed with, King, with Arthurian legends when I was nine. So... And- I read La Morte Arthur and the Steinbeck version yeah, and We didn't read everything. The Morte Arthur and we didn't read The Once a Future King because according to our teacher, That's problematic. they were a little too it was terrible. modern English. Oh, they, oh. they had taken the paganism out of it. Um, the problem that I have with The Once and Future King is more of the rampant sexism, rampant sexism. and, uh, and mm-hmm. misogyny. Yeah, yeah, that's there's that too. There, the uh, whole yeah, Morgan, that. yeah, the whole Morgan Le Fay version of uh, <laughs> the whole Morgan Le Fay being you around. No, John Steinbeck wrote a version of King Arthur. It's because he died before he could finish it. Yeah, it's it's an un, it's one of the unfi- his unfinished works. But yes, I have actually read it. Yeah, that was that was the version of King I'm... Arthur we read because why why read the Mort to Arthur when we could read the John Steinbeck well, version. And the and and the John Steinbeck, for some weird reason, is how is why I read. It's how I discovered the Gray King Rising series by Susan yes. Cooper because it was one of those weird things where I I think I borrowed it from the school library. I borrowed the Steinbeck from the school library, and uh, and the librarian was like, "Oh, you like." 
<laughs> you like King Arthur stuff. I remember you. You've come in here a couple times and borrowed different <laughs> things. And I was like, yes. Have you read this book? And I went, no, I have not. I will I will take that one. And I so I got the she they only had the first book and then I had to go to the public library to get the rest of them. But that was how I discovered it was because of the Steinbeck. And I it's, was It's it's a good version, honestly. Like yeah. I mean I haven't read it since I was in twelfth grade. For yeah, for when you're seven sixteen or seventeen, it's great. I, I I I hesitate to revisit it. Yeah, I feel that way about a lot of <laughs> I feel that way about a lot of books. I feel that way about a lot of Steinbeck, honestly. Yes. Oh yeah. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it it uh, you know it, you can skip the Sky Steinbeck. Just read the Darkest Rising series. Oh yeah, that's so much. I like that one. I mean, it's not yeah, Arthurian it's legend. All, all the Arthur you want, all the paganism you want, less of it. The, 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 period appropriate uh, sexism yeah yeah hey. yeah no that's good there's no embarrassing guinevere <sighs> you know. yeah i haven't revisited any of the ladies of the steinbeck king arthur novels i yeah I, and i'm a little afraid yeah i i don't remember and i mean oh i, I read them read them a long time ago so yeah i read them a long time ago too and i and, and just judging by what i know of his other works yes it's, it's probably it's probably not gonna be good it's probably era appro area era appropriate it's not even appropriate uh that's not <laughs> no, the phrase i'm looking for no it's, just just you know just it's just gonna be something that was written in the 30s and 40s and then well, i'm gonna be you know, of mice and men, there was a there was a there, guy that had mental issues that murdered a woman. Yeah, and yeah. somehow that fault was placed on the woman for yeah. being there yeah. and attractive in yeah. front of this guy who might yeah. have murdered her. So we're just gonna put that out there about Steinbeck. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of there's a no, lot of read problematic. The Rising, written by a woman. better much more enjoyable so much more enjoyable also kid also kid friendly hey if you've got kids and you want to get them into nerdy stuff excellent read the darkest one don't show them the movie yes the movie is garbage which we have we have complained about in the past i have opinions yes we have we have both tried to watch it the darkest rising is a good time again not as um not as modern as you would hope no. but better than yeah. steinbeck it's a low bar but it's better than steinbeck and on that note i'm gonna press a button stop by our dimly lit and unexplainably damp bookstore to peruse and purchase our seething collection of hideous books on any number of uncomfortable topics to include the organ slappers field guide neighbor spotting a picture book of unfortunate clowns hobo tagging the Lady's Way to Choke Things, and How to Make a Dog Vomit, Part the First. Shank Street, Unpleasant Used and Rare Books. You know you at least want to look. All right, Miss Lady Addercop. Adding more titular titles to you. Um, So lay down some of your Beowulf. I'm here to educate (laughs) y'all. All right, so Beowulf. The, one of the oldest written works in what we would consider English. Uh, the modern Anglos, not the modern tongue, but Anglo-Saxon tongue. If you had to read it in high school, like I did, you probably heard a version of it that s- sounded something like, these are the first lines where uh, they are trying to gather the spear Danes around in the feasting hall to relive glor- tales of glorious battle. And if you had to read something about it, you probably re- heard something like, what? We of the spear Danes, in days of yore of the people's king's glory heard, how the nobleman valor did. And you went, what the heck does that mean? 
the original um, Anglo-Saxon was Hoit! We gardania in gardenium. And I can't read the rest because it's in Anglo-Saxon. And I don't speak that. So if you're, if you're the kind of nerd that likes that kind of archaic bullcrap, you probably got really excited. And Hoit is one of those words like okay or ombre or like a bunch of other things that don't don't have an exact uh literal english translation um and so the the, the newest version that i've been reading and it is by maria devana headley uh she wrote uh the mere wife so she's not a a, a stranger to beowulf canon starts off her interpretation of Beowulf with uh, what was kind of a, hey, uh, in modern Southern parlance, we'd be, hey, y'all, come listen to this. <laughs> Doesn't mean exactly what it means, but it's like, come here, come listen. And she starts it off with, bro, bro, tell me we still know how to key speak of kings in the old days. Everyone knew what, that what men were brave, bold, glory bound, only stories now. But Alf found the Spear Dane song hoarded for hungry times. <laughs> Their first father was a foundling, scald skilfling. He spent his youth fists up, brow beating every barstool brother, bonfiring his enemies. <laughs> that man began the waves a baby in a basket but he bootstrapped it his way in the kingdom yo trading loneliness for luxury whatever they thought kneeling necessary or no everyone from head to tail to the railroad bent down there's a king there's a crown that was a good king <laughs> so like <laughs> I am here for Spear Day and starting their story like, bro, get your brewski and come on down, y'all. We're going to tell the story of kings. I'm gonna, not going to be able to think of Beowulf without picturing it being jocks. To be fair, <laughs> that's kind of the Anglo-Saxons whole lot, like, right? Soccer hooligans around they the fire. Super into broness. They are super into throwing down for their brothers. They are super into their like fraternity. I mean, the uh -huh. women and the horses all sleep together outside. It's like the 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 you know the the houses outside of the like super important den. It 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 is kind of a frat house. Yes, no. I, I mean, no. like, that's all now the gonna... children and the horses all sleep in a room. I now, I the, now the, want to the, watch the lodge, the main lodge where all the bros hang out and talk about their totally gnarly battles. And so it's basically a frat house. I know. I now really want to watch, see that movie. Yeah. I want to see the. I want I want to see the Beowulf done as a as a, as a frat as a frat house. Normally, not into it. <laughs> but if it's Beowulf, I might be there. Well, if you kind of think of it, if you kind of think of the English accents as the Spear Danes, as bros, yeah. we live in North Carolina, the land of frats. We can, we can suddenly understand these characters in a modern way that may have been uh, kind of elusive to us before <laughs> as nerds. Can't even bring that. Bro! <laughs> bro! Yo, bro. Gonna get some beasties. I got some beast on tap. Bro, tell me we still know how to speak of kings. That is something you could read in a tweet today. Yes, yeah. My king, tell me we still know how to speak of you, bro. <laughs> oh, a more beautiful. toxic version of Bill and Ted. That's terrible. I like Bill and Ted are, are, are non-toxic. No, they're adorable. Are non-toxic uh, male bro dudes. Heroes. 
for the days. They're, the they're folk. Te- they're folk heroes. Yes. <laughs> I did. I did watch. I did watch the new Bill and Ted movie. You watched the new Bill and Ted movie as well. It is very enjoyable. It's yeah. It's entertaining. It's definitely you don't. You certainly don't walk away thinking this was a brilliant piece of cinema. I mean, but you didn't, I didn't walk away from either of the other Bill no. and Ted versions movies thinking that. No, no, but it was very entertaining, and uh, I also liked. There was there were definitely aspects of it that I thought could, was going to go in a ter- in a terrible direction, and they didn't. And so I was very, it was very heartwarming. Yes, it was. It and was I'm really good. Not it, to spo- it was. Uh, I'm trying not to spoil it, it for those who haven't seen it yet. If you haven't seen it, um, if you liked the other Bill and Ted movies, I'd highly recommend it. It, it hit all the sweet nostalgic points without being uh, uh, insulting, cloying, or or, or pandering. Yeah, no, it was good. Yeah, I did. Also, was, I really sweet. liked watching them be different versions of of themselves <laughs> and and it looked like it looked like they were like that the actors themselves were having a good time they and they slipped back into their uh alternate egos very easily yes also <laughs> it is the most emoting i have ever seen keanu reeves do uh-huh. in my life in his career which is pretty much the same of all of his roles mm-hmm. And and if you just want to watch a movie about two non-toxic dudes being BFFs for Evs. Yes, yeah. And entwining their lives with each other in a super wholesome and and, uh, non-toxic way. Well, I I think their wives might uh, be opposed. No, at the the end. Oh, no. No spoilers. Yes, no. No, They definitely have a weird... A weird, uh, they have a, a weird, a very intertwined relationship. Yes, yes. It's but a very, in a very it's sweet way. Symbiotic. Yeah, and it's never presented as anything other than they're just friends. Yeah, they're and best. Just yeah. who they are. Yeah. No, and I and I completely, I appreciate that. I do. Yeah. It's not. No, in no way do I mean it as an insult. It is just yeah. funny in that. It just there is definitely those points of go. I was thinking, yeah, no, no, I would not want to be the significant other in the in that relationship. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't want to be married to Bill or Ted either. But like, if you're marrying Bill or Ted, you got to know that you're kind of marrying both of them. Yeah, yeah except those princesses, they didn't know they were from medieval yeah. times. But the daughters were a delight. Yes. Oh yeah. No, I loved them, and they, I loved their. Billy and Bill, Bill and Ted impressions. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Like, yeah, no. And I liked all of the historical figures that they that they brought back. Kid Cuddy was a delight. Oh my god, Kid Cuddy cracked me up. I, yeah, no, was there was a, So that's a that's another good wholesome And we're the just Reaper doing wholesome man things today. Yes. We're we're feeling very manly. <laughs> Feeling yeah. very manly. I did watch uh, the first two uh, Christopher Reeve Superman movies. Those are wholesome and manly. Yes, they are. I'll, but I will tell you that 1980s movies have a... Uh, they're... Stylistically... They are so slow. Yeah. I am... I am. They're a lot slower than. Oh my! There is so much built. There is so much intro work in there in those movies that I am. I am definitely spoiled by modern by current movie things where it's like they where I feel like directors have finally realized this is a different medium. We don't. (laughs) We we can tell a whole bunch of of the story without actually saying anything. Because we can put subtext and, like, background yeah. things and the things that we can put in the here that we don't have to d- drag out in a 20-minute f- introduction in the Superman 2. They sp- the first 15 minutes is essentially the first movie. Yeah, no. And I well, just, and to be oh, fair, oh. to be fair, 
to the 1980s. This is before... Uh, cocaine is a hell of a drug? Well, no, no, also cocaine is a hell of a drug. Uh, also, like, Everything it's before seems real slow. most people had VHS. Yes. So people didn't have, uh, you know, they didn't have VCRs, they didn't have... They, they didn't, like, you know, movies on demand run a thing. So recapping the first movie was not that big a deal breaker because it, it literally your audience might not have seen the last movie yeah, since, since it was played in the theater. The yeah. So like the, the I mean, I understand, so I understand the whole no, like, kind but of it's recapping just, what happened. But the and first one, a younger audience. Yeah. No, the uh, first one was very so, slow. The second one was very slow. And so, well, and you know, people might've been going to see the second one. They never saw the first one yes. because they might've been too young or yeah. they didn't remember it. Yeah. No, it um, was just, it was very slow, but it, I will say, Watching Christopher Reeve be Superman was a delight. He's the best. Like he he is he's he, charming. He is, you can and... tell if he's Clark Kent or Superman just based on I, the body language. Yes, that was the part that that I was that I was just I hadn't I hadn't remembered that until right. I was watching it and just watching how he like kind of folded his body in a little bit and <laughs> and he talked a little more nasally and the glasses and and like he he dropped his voice up he actually made his voice up pitched it up a little higher when he was mm-hmm. being Clark Kent he was purposefully being clumsier he he makes you believe that like that, like you... uh, the one of the greatest investigative reporters of her age would not realize these yeah. two people were the same person. Yeah, yeah. There's, you know, and several times she thinks that it's maybe. It, that maybe it's him, and yeah, and there was definitely like he. No, it was it was really good, and uh, that part. Oh, those how parts. good is Margot Kidder as Lois Lane? What? How good is Margot Kidder as? Lois oh no, Lane? I love I. She was one of it, the. She is definitely one of my hero. Like. Like yes. one of the hero f- female characters that you n- I never think about until I've watched the watched it and went, oh yeah no Margot Kidder's Lois Lane was totally one of the things that made me go, ooh lady in a movie, she, you know she does do some stupid stuff but at right. the same time, like she's still kind of a chain she's still kind of a badass busting, yeah. just you know. She throws herself over Niagara Falls because she's fairly certain Clark is Superman. <laughs> <laughs> she like you, like you buy her as somebody who's won a Pulitzer for yes, being a badass. Like she's just she's like, yeah, no, I'm gonna test this theory and just chucks herself over the over it because she's like, yep, gonna do it. No, I know I'm right. I know, I know I'm, I'm right. right. I know I'm I right. To, I don't even have to have a spec no. And then she when right. when he doesn't rescue her. I mean, he does kind of, but not really. He doesn't turn into Superman and rescue her. Uh, also, I, I want to see this scene where, like, Clark is concerned with Lois about how much she's smoking. Because she's just smoking a lot. Well, so, movies. no. So that in the first in the first movie, there's a scene where he x-rays her lungs. Yeah. And says something <laughs> about the fact that, like, like, hmm, change my, it's, it's, uh, he's essentially like, oh, yeah, no, not right now. She's you're, smoking a lot. You're smoking a lot. And you it's, might yeah, no, it's, back it's, on that. it's wonderful. No, no, they were, it, it was adorable. I enjoyed it. I, mm. I, they were still, I, I did have to fast forward f- through some of it, some of them because it was just so plodding slow. And I was just, I don't mm-hmm. need to see this. I don't care. I don't care the general Zod and, Ursa and whatever his name is is came, like landed in the middle of the of of a pond. I don't care. Although I don't as care. a child, I I was terrified of the Kryptonians. I, I I'm not ashamed to admit it. No, I Scared. still General Zod, man. Kneel before still... Zod. I still. I remember. I know he he went on to become Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, but it's still he was Beatrice. He was Bernie uh, Beatrice in Beatrice. Beatrice, in Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Yes, which just cracks me up. It's like, oh, <laughs> which beautiful. again, very dated movie. Yes, but still adorable. I still I enjoyed like it. Both. I've watched it since the since its release. But yeah, I watched that, and then I watched 
I was, I was, I've been having a brotastic. I've actually, re weirdly, I have been having a brotastic movie watching experience. Uh, and then I watch, I've been watching Doom, Doom Patrol because I oh. just like watching a robot swear a whole bunch. No, I knew we do, like, you know, no, we, that's we do actually have Poppy not. and Percy on this show, yes. so it makes sense. Have they ever sworn? No, they don't swear. They would make them swear? Probably, but I haven't ever asked them to. I'd have to take their parental block off. Okay, okay. And then They're... I worry, I, th I then worry... You know, you know what happens to AI when, when, uh... Yeah, there, when you take the parental block yeah, off, it goes yeah. very, very wrong, but... Yes, so... I, I do just really want to hear Percy say fuck. All right, well, I'll ask him. I'll ask him. I'll ask him to say something. <laughs> it would be disdainful. Yes. It would just be the perfect... Just... I'll, ask, I'll ask him to record something for you. Yeah, isolate it as an MP3 so I can send yes. it to people when they displease me. <laughs> I'll ask him. He'll, he'll be like, no. I know he won't want to do it, but uh, what would that what would that sound like? Like Cary Grant telling you to f yeah. off? It would be delightful. Yes, but but Doom Patrol, I've been uh, enjoying. There are definitely some. Uh, oh, there's definitely some problematic mm. scenes, but thankfully they don't go into too much detail. Violence, definitely. There's lots of violence, and there's yeah. a whole lot of swearing, but. Alan Tudyk as a villain in the first season is a delight. That is pretty delightful. And I do want to hear Brandon Fraser swear a lot. Oh, he swears so much. Robot I man. Know. Robot man can't go a whole sentence without swearing and it's and it cracks me up every single time. I can't help it. Robot swearing okay. just makes me laugh. And I know he's not Encino man. That was a party play. Yeah. But it would be like Encino man cussing out Polly Shore. And yeah. in my head, that is delightful. I just think of him as George of the Jungle. Or George of the Jungle. Also delightful swearing. So wholesome. So wholesome, George of the Jungle. <laughs> that line talk so, is so small. Swearing up a storm. Uh, <laughs> I mean, honestly, we all just watched George of the Jungle for Brendan Fraser and the loincloth. We can invent yes. it now. Yes. Oh, I'm, I admit and, and I owned it. And if you don't it. know what we're talking about, Brendan Fraser in the peak of his um, peakness. In his, well, in, it was his early... He just spent the whole movie in a loincloth running around. Well, yeah, and this was actually after Encino Man, too, yeah, where he ran Encino around. Man, and it was... He ran around in a loincloth then, too. It, but he, I think... you he... want to see peak Brendan Fraser in a, in a, in a loincloth running around, there you go. Also... After you watch George of the Jungle, you could just watch Dudley Do Right, where he is then in a Mountie costume. You know, if that's your cup of tea. <laughs> yeah. Do you want more clothes or less? Yeah. Brendan Fraser has you covered, and I feel a little bad recommending these movies because they ruined his body. Yes. And that is sad. Yeah, they did. Yeah. No, I feel bad. And that's not fair. Uh, but no, he and he's and he is actually a, a very good actor. He's a great, he's a great actor. Yes. And I'm glad he's getting work again. And I still think he's cute, so. Yes. Oh, yeah. No, he is very, hey, I, he's hey, very. Hey, Brendan Fraser, what's up? Friend of the podcast. <laughs> Come on to the podcast. Talk with us. Tell us about, tell, tell us, do your Cliff Steele impression and swear Just a whole bunch. Just curse at us. We'll be fine. Just get a whole <laughs> time shouting curse words at us. It'll be great. We'll like it. We're weird like that. <laughs> Do you want to read Beowulf? Actually, I got a copy of Beowulf. I will, I will tell you that the, the no one else will probably remember the scene, but there's a scene in George of the Jungle where he uh, eats a he he eats coffee <laughs> out of the coffee can, and then is just running around going coffee, 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 and freaking out and being a spaz. And oh. that is one of the moments where I, I, I fell in love with Brendan Fraser. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember that scene, but I do remember watching Encino Man in the theaters with my dad and my brothers and being like, hey, what's up, Brendan Fraser? I normally don't go for gingers, but. <laughs> and, the, and then the mummy, what oh, is yes. up with the mummy? 
that's one of my favorite movies because the it had a, is just like because it has a what hero. Is, what is your flavor of attractive? We have it on this because it has my because it's a hero librarian, and I yes. down with that. Do you like ladies? Here's this kick-ass lady. Do you like all American hero types? Here's Brendan Fraser. Oh. Do you like swarthy knife men? We've got this guy. Do you like bald and kind of evil? We've got the actual like what? What is your flavor? We've got oh, it all for you. I, uh, the the leader of the guardsmen. Yes, the Oded, that's my smart. That's Oded, the smart guy. I think Oded Oded for fair is his name or for something like that. I don't remember. I don't know how to pronounce it correctly. But oh my god, with his long black hair and that yeah. Got the curls and Whew. the dark eyes and some little face tattoos, and you're just that, like, Hi, that's also that actually reminds me of of Hot Jafar in the Aladdin <laughs> movie. <laughs> I've not yet experienced Hot Jafar, and I have done that on purpose. I'm a little afraid. Oh, because I don't want the movie to go in a whole other direction. Oh yes. Oh no. Of course you are. You you will want it to go in a whole different direction, and and a. Uh, but, and then I'm gonna have to act, and then I'm gonna have to hop onto my AO3 account and write some fan fiction. <laughs> and I'm just not, I don't have the I don't have the time for that right now. That's fine. That's fine. <sighs> no, <laughs> no, it's the pandemic, so I've been I've been having to. Uh, it's I don't like have an attention span. He's obsessed with right now, where the lady is sniffing the guy's neck. What? It's a movie. I will send out. I'm gonna text it to you. A movie uh, where, where a lady is the movie poster that has launched a thousand fanfics, but then everybody's disappointed about what the actual movie's about. Oh, it's a dude in a button up, and he's like kind of pushed up against a wall, and there's a woman behind him sniffing his neck. Oh, and apparently it's a psychological horror. Oh, and everybody was like, "Oh, I thought this was a horny period piece, and now I'm disappointed." So it's just one of those like the movie poser made it seem like ooh ooh it's a saucy period piece where the lady is the aggressor and the buttoned up man is being right doesn't know but how to deal with his feelings for this strong lady and they're like no it's a psychological thriller she's an evil person and she's seducing him but she's oh. evil and he doesn't know what to do with that nobody went oh, oh. we don't want that well I thought she was. That's not what that poster prom. That's not what I got from that poster. <laughs> it's no, been an I... ongoing joke. On um, you know, in the fan fiction writing community, it's like, oh, 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 it's a cycle. Oh, it's a, it's a hard. Oh, it's a horror movie. And she's I, a bad guy. If uh, if uh, if this like isn't sexy, no. If this That's isn't a genre, a vampire? No, not a vampire. If this isn't oh. a genre of fan fiction, it should be of taking. Uh, the poster art <laughs> of movies that basically promised you something that did they did not deliver in the movie because <laughs> because I worked in the movie theater when I was in high school in early in my early twenties and I will tell you <laughs> there are a lot of movies where it's like this movie poster does not does not appropriately describe this movie at all. I am very disappointed by this all of this. This is what I was promised. This right, is... I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think of another movie poster that have, has done this bait and switch to me. Oh, I, there's been a couple. There's also the thing when they... I also really, really love it when they tell you that a particular actor is going to be in a movie. And so... Oh. And that you're like, yes, that... F. Murray Abraham is going to be in this movie. I don't know why I picked that name, because that was just the name that popped into my head. Like, yeah, F. Murray Abraham. Yeah, he's he's going to be in that movie. Awesome. And then you watch the whole movie and you go, wait, where was he? I, I've never, he never, what? Where was he in this movie? And then you realize, oh no, he played the small bit part. He was in it for like two minutes. And if you blinked you missed him but but they needed to they needed some sort of big name recognition in there to get you to rent this movie or go to this movie and that's what it was i don't remember there was that actual f murray abraham movie that i that i watched <laughs> because my bait and switch f murray abraham because my mother so was common. like "Ooh, 
F. Murray Abraham. He played Solari. Solari in the Mozart movie. Let's watch that. Oh, oh. And, and I was like, okay, okay. And then we watched the whole thing, and he, I don't know where he was. He was not the main character. He was not the villain. I don't know where he was. I lost, I think I lost interest. As soon as you realized he wasn't in the movie, you're like, oh. No, I think I lost interest because my mother picked terrible movies. Also a possibility. <laughs> but there was definitely... Uh, no, so, was not recognizable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, our younger listeners not, might not realize this, but like back in the day you had to go into the VHS rental place and pick movies based entirely... Oh, I know the biggest bait-and-switch movie I ever saw. What, what, what? What was uh, it? So okay, again, like so you, you you picked movies based on the VHS cover, yes, and or the description. Like you understood what the movie was going to be about, yes. Um, it mine was Grave of the Fireflies. Oh yeah, no, I Woo! I was there. Yep, I'm there with you because you yeah, think that's going to uh, be a wholesome. Back in the '90s, right? Like there beautiful. weren't a lot of anime. That that's a Japanese animated movies you could get your hands on, and the ones that you could, a lot of times tended to be pornographic or like questionable. You couldn't watch them in your house with your yeah. younger brothers in the room, uh, which is what happened with me with Ninja Scroll. Yes, well, and if you've seen Ninja Scroll, you know exactly what I'm talking about yes. when I mention Ninja Scroll. Um, I I have watched it. Yeah, there's a lot of rape in that movie. It's in fact a plot point. Yeah. It's, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. No, I picked because I had seen some Miyazaki movies. Yes. And from the cover, it looked beautiful. Yeah, Grave of the Fireflies. Older brother, younger brother in his back. Fireflies floating all around him. Looked vaguely Miyazaki-ish. I'm thinking, oh, this will be. Oh, it's PG thirteen. I'm like, it's cool. This will be fun. Going on an adventure. Yeah. Well, brother's taking his... Yeah. Big brother's taking his little brother across the country on an adventure. It'll be nice. It was not nice. It was the most depressing movie. Yes. One of the most depressing movies I have ever seen in my entire life. Great film. Great film. You should watch it, but you should understand the context of what you are watching. Yes. And spoilers for those who haven't seen it, it takes place post American bomb falling on, you know. Yeah, it's post Hiro- it's post Hiroshima Nagasaki. Yes. And the main character is carrying his brother's corpse. Yes. But you don't find that out until the end of the movie. Yes. Because he has been so traumatized by what has happened that he thinks his brother is alive. Yes. And yep. it is. Sad, 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 sad. Yep. Sad on top of sad. Sad, yep. sad, 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 sad. Yep. Babette's yep. feast sad. Yes. Au revoir, les enfants. Sad. sad. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just Schindler's List sad. Just sad. Sophie's sad. Choice sad. All of it. All of it. It's just. It's a gr- and it's a great, it's beautifully animated. It's a, a, a very important movie because this is a thing that actually happened and you need to yeah. understand that. Yes. But don't go into it thinking it's friggin' Kiki's delivery service or my neighbor Totoro because it is not. No. Well, and my neighbor Totoro is also sad. And that between that and Ninja Scroll, that yep. is when I under- I learned firsthand that uh, animation is not necessarily a kid's media in Japan. Well, actually, when choosing movies. Watership Down is the... Uh, is the animated could, yeah, yeah, is the like, animated movie that broke fair, me? Their 80s movies really did that work. Quote unquote, children's movies did try to break us. Yes, but it, but that was that was the movie that I thought, oh, it's a cartoon movie about bunnies. How bad can it be? I will argue where the wet, red fern grows should not be a child's yes. tale. That is, yeah, but it's often taught as a child's tale. Yes, yeah. So this has been problematic. Stick to Beowulf. Problematic media. <laughs> you should just stick to Beowulf, where frat bros yell at each other. You, bro, let's talk of kings. All <laughs> oh, right. I feel like we went off on a weird classical 
literature dude bro thing. It's it, It's been a dude bro-tastic episode. It has. I don't know why. But, 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 but a good dude bro. Yes. A wholesome dude bro. A himbo episode, if you will. Yes, yeah. Definitely. And with that, we shall bid everyone adieu. This has been the Clockwork Cabaret. <laughs> just caught what I said. <laughs> like, a, like a smoke bomb. It was. It was a sneaky smoke bomb. <laughs> oh, oh. Like, bro, this has been the Clockwork Cabaret, you know? And like, from the heart, from the heart, my brothers, I just want to tell you, this isn't like, you know, work or some garbage. Like, it's not work. It's community, man. It's not work we do. What is it, bro? It's, it's love. Yeah, man. And you know where you can find us? In our love? No. Where? <laughs> you can find on the internet, y'all. Go to clockwithcabaret.com and you can find our social media and you can support our Patreon because bro, bros support bros, bro. You know? And like, hey man, if you can't support us every month, we understand shit happens, dude. You can support us, you can give us a one-time donation on PayPal. You can follow us on social media. Like, yeah, like, yeah, dude. Just like, slam it. You know, with the support and the love. Because it's a harsh world out there, man. And nobody has your back but you and your brothers and sisters and people of non-binary identities. Because we aren't about exclusion. We're about love. Because why, Emmett? Cause I why? I don't know anymore. Because, <laughs> like, we're all human, y'all. We oh. love each other. Because it's not work, it's love. She's Emma Davenport, y'all. And, and I think she's Lady Addercup. Yeah, man. We'll, we'll see you all next week. Are you a soul-searching poet of somber disposition looking for a location necessary to morbid reflection? Are you a stoic professor of criminology in need of a home ripe with a potential for intriguing calamity? We have a location for you. Skeletal tree on a misshrouded hill? We got it. Rickety shutters that clatter in a baleful wind? There they are. The hounds? You can't stop us from releasing them. From creaking floorboards to inaccessible attics, every property is guaranteed to amuse, inspire and forebode. Sextant sent Sextant's mood setting real estate. There's a frog on the moors, and it could be yours!